I am Plant on the Line in Vancouver, British Columbia at thecommentary.ca. Michael Kayshammer joins me now. The celebrated pianist, singer, and songwriter starts a coast-to-coast Canadian tour this week. He's in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick this week and next. There are dates through Ontario, Manitoba, Saskatchewan coming into British Columbia late this month with a December 3rd date at uh, in New Westminster at the Massey Theatre and December 4th at the K. Meek Theatre. Visit MasseyTheatre.com and KMeek.com for tickets. He's got a new album out, The Warehouse Sessions, and one out early next year, Turn It Up. We'll talk about these albums, reflect on his career, and more in this uh, converse- conversation we taped late last month. Michael Kayshammer was born and raised in Germany and immigrated with his family to Canada in the mid-1990s. His first studio album, Blue Keys, was released in 1996 to great acclaim. He is the recipient of numerous awards, including seven Juno Award nominations. Visit kayshammer.com for more. Please uh, welcome to the Plant Online program, Michael Kayshammer. Mr. Kayshammer, good morning. How are you, Joe? Pretty good yourself. Very good. I've reached you in Victoria, Anderson. Is that home base for you? It is, yeah. It's... uh... You know, as you know, being on the West Coast as well, it's a great place to come home to from the road. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Has Victoria always been home? Uh, it was my first home in Canada after I came with my family from Europe back in the uh, early 90s. But um, I've moved to a couple other cities on the East Coast or, you know, Toronto, New York and stuff in in between. Um, but uh, about 10 years ago, I came back to uh, Victoria because it... Um, it didn't really matter where I lived since most of my work is on the road, mm-hmm. and uh, and this is where I feel at home, you know. So, if, if you because you work on the road, um, I would assume that you could live anywhere. What what's yeah. kept you in Canada all these years? Well, honestly, when I first moved to Canada, I was eighteen, and uh, I I grew up in a you know smaller town in in the black forest in germany and making a living playing music was not really something anyone did um in my environment and it wasn't something that i thought was possible i you know i loved playing music and i already performed but um i finished high school at the time and i thought okay well now you got to do something else and music is something you do on the side and this was right the time, right around the time when me and my family, my parents and my siblings, moved to Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and here in Victoria, I saw uh, it was a whole different um, music scene and different environment than what I was used to. And I saw people even making a living playing, you know, in pubs and bars and and playing five nights a week, and that was their main job. And and to me, that was the deciding um, factor to actually to a career in music. So if it wasn't for Canada, <laughs> I don't know if I would have a career in music the way I have now. And um, I just feel at home. I, I love being, um, I love touring and representing the Canadian music scene and, can, and representing Canada as a, as a musician, you know. So you, you'll be hitting the road, as it were, going coast to coast uh, uh, here, here uh, shortly. Mm-hmm. Um you played a lot of these places before, right? I mean, a lot of it'll be like coming home for 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 you, won't it? Yeah, um, it's you know uh, most of these theaters or cities I've played before. There might be a few that I haven't, but um, especially after the pandemic, it'll feel like uh, hey, we're still here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, how did you spend your your, your pandemic? 
uh, in Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it was, you know, on the one hand, it was a very um, enjoyable time because it kind of put a stop to the um, the uh, cycle of making a record going on the road, which was great. But it also was nice to kind of reflect um, on how you run your business and what projects are a priority. Um, and so it actually, you know, made, we made the most of it, and, and it really kind of, I enjoyed that time. I uh, I wrote a book about my travels in China. I kind of, I was just ready to go into the studio to do a record at the beginning of the pandemic, which mm-hmm. we um, uh, canceled, obviously, and rewrote a whole other record, which I'm happier with now. And it was nice to just kind of like stop for a little bit and um, and regroup. Did, did you ever think, Michael, during the initial days uh, about when we'd be able to get back again, say, in a large hall and hear music again? I mean, uh, the, the, I guess for me initially I thought it was going to be, you know, six months maybe, a sure. year tops. Yeah. Did you think it would be this long? And, and, and uh, after a while one sort of wondered whether we would again, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think anyone really knew how long it would take or – because I, you know, I, I um, besides talking to uh, fellow uh, performers, I, you know, I also talk to agents and promoters and people, friends in the business. And and you're right. At the beginning, it was everyone moved their shows from the spring and the summer to the fall yeah, in 2020. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, then they were moved to the spring in 21. And then right, and then it was the time when people were thinking, this won't come, really won't come back till the. 22-23 season, and uh, and which was a bit of a whoa, really, like another year and a half. But um, yeah, no one really knew what to expect and how to handle it. And even now, honestly, for um, it, it is great that everything is, you know, when you travel like sure. on the plane, you, yeah. you would think no one, the pandemic never happened. But um, uh, ticket sales, I know from and talking to. Um, agents and, and other musicians and it doesn't matter the stature of the artist uh ticket sales are definitely down percentage wise so, so they haven't really come back all the way since like like it was before the pandemic but mm. um it'll just take some time you know i think it's just great that um we can go out and, and do this again because I, I did kind of miss just being in front of an audience and being on stage. Yeah. Do, do you, um, uh, you're, you're asked this all the time, whether you play every day. I'm wondering, do you write every day? Uh, I go in phases. I definitely play every day. I play a lot of classical at home, too. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, when I write, I write. So when, when, I am, when I'm in the writing mode, then I kind of go. Um, and uh, this record we just finished, which comes out next spring, um, we wrote, or I wrote with a few co-writers, basically, um, within a couple of months, you know, you kind of have an idea of a project, and you, you make notes beforehand, and then when it comes down to it, you kind of go into work mode and, and go. The one thing I noticed uh, about you over the years, Michael, when, when one watches, say, videos of you online or, or listens to your albums, is um, one can see and, and, and obviously hear um, just how you seem to be enjoying yourself. Yeah. Um, that's not a put-on. You can't fake that, can you? No. 
if uh, if I would put it on, I'd probably just do something else. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, I actually love it that much. It makes all the 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 work around it um, that is not as enjoyable um, worth it. Yeah, and then the, the other sense I get is is um, I mean, as a listener, um, one just feels the, the joy that you're feeling, and and then obviously I I feel you know. Uh, happy listening to yeah. the music as well, and and, and th- that's the case with audiences. Um, d- does that in a live show does that make for a better show for you? Do you I mean do you feel the, the that from the audience come back? Do you say? Yeah, oh, I completely feed off what the audience gives me. I mean, and you know, I I'm excited to play, and I love being on stage, and I love being in front of an audience. I love talking to the audience, and uh, and have everyone come together i kind of see the music as a a vehicle for everyone just to be in that same room and you know every audience is different some some audiences are a little more subdued some are a little livelier and whatever they are is great but i definitely feed off whatever comes back yeah and the the other thing that i've noticed uh, about you over the years is that you seem uh comfortable uh, yeah, oh, whether yeah. whether you're in a big concert hall or say a a smaller venue like a pub or saloon, yeah. um, it's the same thing. Yeah, and and you know, I mean it's ba- it's just like us talking. It's your base- I mean the size of the or the amount of people is um, kind of irrelevant. It's uh, you you're still communicating with that opposite there, and you go back and forth, and yeah, it doesn't. I'm I'm almost more comfortable on stage than I am doing other stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, and, and over the years, do, do you find, um, I mean, you, you, you found, uh, you, you've developed a fan base across this country and elsewhere. Um, what is it like knowing that, that, that these, these fans have followed you from, 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 say, an early age when you started to, to up to now? I mean, that must be great to have this fan base. Oh, it's amazing, yeah. I mean, it's really... Uh, you know, on the one hand, you're when you when you don't when you don't go on the road and you don't play shows and you're working with the industry part of it, like the label or the agent or management, and and everyone always wants to like you want to grow it and you know how can we do this and that and which is great obviously because you want to grow your business, but um, that that like it's the the core audience is always been there from the very beginning when I started and I think that at the beginning um, uh, that's kind of when I made a mark here when I first moved to Canada I put a couple records out I you know you're very naive so I just went anywhere to play and uh, I just loved it and uh, and that audience is still with me you're right and and it's great to see and you know I don't go out on stage even if I go somewhere where play for the first time and maybe people don't know me as well as in other places i don't go out trying to convince an audience because um i've learned over the years that the audience is always on your side Mm. like everyone just wants everything to you know go smooth and and be a a good a positive experience so there's never any judgment because i know people go out and they're trying to um convince an audience or you know yeah, like yeah. show off but it's not the point of why you're out there so when I mean, you have some fans in the audience or you go to places you've visited before and you know there's people who want to see you obviously that makes it easier and when you started you you, you were you were a kid really um yeah. 
what is it like um, th- to play places or, 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 or be seen online and and uh, young people see you and, and think, hey, th- that guy's doing that. I'd like to do that when I grow up or, you know. Um, and and you, you get to encounter young people as you have over the years, um, mm-hmm. different generations now. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it like to inspire people to, to, to say, get into the arts, to, to, to play music, to, to, to perform? Well, it's, it's amazing because, first of all, it's also um, eye-opening to how fast time goes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I bet, still yeah. see myself as that kid. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and you go, oh, yeah, right, I'm, I'm the next generation now. But I remember being in my, you know, early teens or even later and looking, looking to other people who are my age that I am now uh-huh. were that at the time. And, and they were, you know, wow, like this is what I want to do and, they're inspiring me, and maybe they can show me how to do this on the on the piano or how to perform. And yeah, and then when now it's the other way around. You know, there's there's younger people coming to the shows or contacting me and talking about, um, you know. And, and for me, this is this is to to give a younger person uh, what I've learned over the years because I didn't study music. In school, I just kind of learned a lot of it myself, and and over over that period of learning stuff myself, I found out how easy music really is. It seemed a lot hard. There seemed to be this big mountain back when I was a teenager. But oh, I don't know if I can ever figure this out, especially in jazz and all this kind of stuff, you know. But it's so easy. It's just these twelve notes, and you just like it's wow. Once your brain shuts off, it's so easy, and. To uh, to give it, to give younger people that knowledge is, and then sometimes see the light go off in their eyes is really rewarding. I have a there's one one kid in Portland uh-huh. who I talk to sometimes, and uh, whenever I talk to him and I tell him something, and then I hear him play, it's it's fantastic. It's kind of like you're living through them, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How how do you? Um, I've always wondered this about piano players. How, how do you take care of your hands? I mean, they're obviously your tools when you work. One yeah. would think yeah. you would take extra care of them. Do you? Well, uh, no. I I think the important thing is not to worry too much because then something's going to happen. So I don't really worry. I mean, I work in the garden and I do whatever. The only thing that I actually feel in my hands is when I spend too much time at the computer. If I'm mm. working too much on writing, like um, words or you know, like book stuff yeah. or um, working on emails, that I can I can play ten hours of piano and nothing will happen. But if I sit at the computer for a couple hours, I can feel it. Yeah. But other than that, you don't really, you know, you just don't worry. Yeah, I think for for a lot of us, the computer we we, we uh, don't realize. Um, because we spend so much time, say, on, on a computer, yeah. like, typing. I just met a lady the other day at yeah. a show afterwards talking to me, and she said she's a writer, and she also plays piano, but she has carpal tunnel sy- syndrome because yeah. of the mouse that she used, you mm. know. And so, yeah, it's. So, so I, the other thing I was wondering, Michael, is the the uh, the, the the day be- the, the day of the performance. Say, um, mm-hmm. do you have rituals? Do, do you have certain things that you do? Uh, to prepare, say, for a performance that evening? No, not really. I Actually, what I try to do is um, eat at the right times the right stuff. And that is not because of anything that has to do with the performance, except that if I eat something too heavy, too close to the performance, I might fall asleep on stage. Mm. 
Like, it's really just a getting tired thing. And that's the only thing I actually worry about that day. Um, it's always great to get sleep, but that is something on the road that you don't really, you know, that you just kind of power through, whatever it is, if there's late late nights or you, you have early flights or whatever it is. And you can't really go to sleep right after a performance either because you're kind of riled up. Sure. But, yeah. um, no, not really. I just, uh, I try to, uh, it's, it's nice to, to, to take a, you know, like a stroll around where you are to actually like not just see the hotel and the venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I just try not to eat close to the, to the show. The other thing, I don't play piano, but I, the, the, we were talking about typing a moment ago. Yeah. Um, we were always told that we have to have a good chair, um, support for our back and the sort. I always wondered why piano players don't um, have a more comfortable bench, say. I don't know. Maybe because it comes from sixteen something, sixteen hundred, seventeen hundred. But it's a good point. Even some drummers have a, you know, they have like a stool. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I think uh, it's just kind of. I mean, you know, you know the pictures of Glenn Gold on his on his stool. He had a had a back to his stool and he was sitting low. That didn't look too comfortable, but for him it was the most comfortable thing ever. Yeah. Um. I uh, I don't know. It might it might be uh, it might just be too comfortable if you're sitting at the piano in like an easy chair or something. <laughs> what um, um, the piano and the bench itself? I mean, uh, do you travel with one or? or no. Yeah. And 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 I think I don't think anyone's ever in my whole career in an interview asked me about the bench. This is which is great because you know about pianos because you get different pianos all the time, but. Yeah. This whole time, I think you're the first person actually mentioning the bench, but it's just as important, which is amazing that you're, you know, even mentioning it. But because um, when you, I, I can't travel with that stuff, obviously, it's too, uh, yeah, like flying with it would be impossible. Yeah. Um, but um, it's you just kind of make do with what is there, and but it makes a difference if you're actually, uh, you know, sometimes there's a loose leg or. You know, the pedal's not really, like, I've, you know, I've encountered everything. And then you just have to make do. Then And then you kind of focus that on that during the performance, too. I like to tip forward with my piano stool to get closer to the piano. And sometimes I'm on, I'm on two legs that way. And if the bench doesn't hold up, then, you know, knock on wood's never happened. But I don't yeah, want to end no. up on the floor. Well, I guess these are things that you'll have to, to put in your rider, I guess, from now on. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is in the writer, you know. Oh, it is. Yeah. Everyone's um, interpretation of uh, performance-ready piano and bench is different. Yeah. <laughs> I think depending where you go. Yeah. Well, what do you like listening to? I mean, um, do you listen to music every day? Uh, a lot. Yeah, not every day, but um, depending on what's going on in, in what kind of project I'm working on, or over the summer, we listen to a lot of music. Um, a lot of times records, you know, I have a big record collection that I started in my teens. And it goes from anything from uh, ACDC to Beethoven to Jerry Lee Lewis to the Beatles to I, I literally, you know, just good music. Tom Petty, Robert Palmer, B.B. King, whatever. And and uh, you, you do singing as well. You sing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were there influences in that growing up, say, that, that you... you um, Say uh, took on, uh, or that that you you perhaps wanted to emulate. Uh, well, at the beginning, how I got into actually singing is that I I um, 
when I was a kid, I I copied the the songs I heard on my dad's records, like the old blues Kansas City blues records, like Big Joe Turner and um, Sam Cooke and you know Jerry Lee and all that kind of stuff and and uh, Jimmy Rushing. So I I would pl- learn these songs on the piano um, because there was a it was a piano band usually and uh, and then sing along like however the singer was singing and and. So that was definitely a big influence. Um, and then later on, and even to this day, I don't really take um, influence from from listening to music by copying things mm-hmm. or by thinking I should. Oh, that would be a great way to try it. But just I like I like listening to people who are good at what they do, and um, um, their dedication to what they do kind of inspires me to do the same. The, the um, you, you mentioned a, a new album coming out in the spring. I'll ask you about that in a sec. But when I yeah. when I went to, to my um, Apple Music, um, there's a there's a, a new album out there called the Warehouse Sessions. Mm. That's just come out, and and I've been listening to that over the last couple of days, and and it's uh, just terrific. Um, Thank you. What the, the, that's original music, is it, or the stuff that's? Uh, it's, it's both. There's there's some jazz covers and a couple of originals. Um, the uh, the way it came about is uh, we did it at the warehouse studio in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why it's called the warehouse sessions. And we actually went in. I think this was in 2019. Um, it was a drummer from New Orleans, Johnny Vidakovich, and a bass player from LA, David Pilch. And three of us have been friends for a long time. And um, we went in to record a whole different record. Um, and we had some extra days. We had we finished the other stuff early um and then we had two and a half days studio time booked and we and we thought well let's just do like play some tunes like yeah. whatever what comes out and that's that record yeah and it, it's fun to hear you guys talk to each other on it yeah and um you know one takes you know it's really like someone might go oh let's do this what key i don't know let's do it in b flat boom we go yeah like the song caravan for example i've heard that yeah. you know for, for forever uh, yeah. The way that you guys do it is, is so special on on this album, and then the uh, I'm not going to pronounce the Spanish, but perhaps, 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 yeah, yeah, uh, just a lovely thing to listen to, and I, I must have uh, worn out my speaker listening to that. <laughs> um, and then, but the, the great thing is the original uh, stuff that you've written included in there makes it feel like this is stuff I've heard for years, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's basically, um, you know, I think I think. I think it helped, like something like perhaps, 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 or or even caravan. It's, I mean, these are such staples, especially in the jazz world, that you uh, you don't even have a certain version in mind anymore because there's yeah. so many of them. So you don't, you know, I'm not, I never ever think playing caravan. I think of the Ellington version, or you know, I, I would, I don't even know how the original went or how he used to play it really anymore. Um, so, and that's the great thing. Everyone knows these tunes. But you're just kind of playing them as if they were written today because you have no original in your mind. And then so it fits in with the original tunes because you're approaching them the same way. Yeah. Uh, what, um, what can you tell us about the, the, the uh, album that's coming out in the spring? It's, uh, it's, a, little, it's a little different. It's a little more um, produced, I would say. The Warehouse Sessions is really just uh, microphones set up and being a fly on the wall for three musicians having fun. The one in the spring um, is called Turn It Up, and it's, uh, I did it with a 
great producer from Toronto, Ron Lapata, who um, I've done a couple records with back in early 2000s. Um, and um, they're more vocal uh, written songs, but it's the same thing, you know, it's me on the piano, a lot of piano playing and um, all originals in this case, except we're doing a Queen cover. We did a Queen cover of Crazy Little Thing. Mm. But um, other than that, it's just uh, me and the band, you know, playing. Well, we'll await that with uh, great anticipation in the spring, and then, of course, see you this fall. Uh, yeah. wh wherever you are in this country, they'll, 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 there's a date close to you, so, so people I can... I think so, yeah. This is, uh, I think this is the first time in my whole career that I'm actually going east to west without leaving out you know, the Maritimes or leaving out Ontario. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the two dates close to here in Vancouver, yep. the Massey Theatre, of course, on uh, December 3rd, and then... Um, I can't remember if it's the day before or the day after in West Van. The K-Meek is on the 4th, the day uh, after. Yeah, the day after, yeah. So, so there are plenty of chances for people in Vancouver. Michael, it's been such a pleasure to speak with you. I'm a big fan, and, and uh, break a leg, as I say. Yeah, it was a really fun conversation. Thank you, Joe. The website for more is at kshammer.com. The uh, concert in uh, New Westminster at the Massey Theatre, that's Saturday, December 3rd. Visit masseytheatre.com for tickets, and then, of course, uh, the next night... December 4th in West Vancouver at the K Meek Theatre. Visit kmeek.com for tickets uh, to, to that uh, show. Uh, and then wherever you are in this country between now and uh, mid-December, there will be dates. Um, so visit kshammer.com for more information uh, for tickets on those. Michael Kshammer, join me on the line from Victoria in Vancouver. I'm Joseph Planta.